Emily had a suit of armor on at most times. She thought she had to wear this armor of perceived strength and nonstop resilience to be successful. Emily loved control. She felt massive resistance to anything out of her control. She pushed through any and every challenge put in front of her until one day she realized maybe everything doesn't have to be so hard. Listening to the Not For Lazy Marketers podcast, episode number 564. Hello, you guys. Oh, I am excited for this podcast episode. Um, some of you have been waiting for this. This is going to be the episode that gives a recap and shares my experience from my Costa Rica retreat. So if you are one of those people who is not interested in my non-marketing content, and that is absolutely fine, you do you. You're not going to want to listen to this episode because it's not going to be about marketing, but it's my platform and I am very excited and honored to be able to share this with you guys. So I sat on this for a few days and I actually haven't done an extensive amount of prep for this episode because I really trust that whatever needs to come through when I'm sharing this with you guys is going to be exactly what I need to share. And I have a few notes. I actually have something I'm going to read to share with you. And yeah, I hope it inspires you. I think that this new version of me, this new evolved version of me, to be honest with you, is going to be a little bit more polarizing than I used to be. I don't really care what people think as much as I used to at all. I've released a lot of that. And I think there's going to be a handful of people in my audience who maybe won't like this transformation because there are values and beliefs that have shifted for me that my brand was built on. And in an amazing, good, evolved way, some of those things get to change for the better because this needed to happen for me to get to the next level. And then there's going to be a lot of you who have been waiting for this, who have been waiting for this permission for me to lead the way to this more evolved and better way. And so I'm very prepared that moving on from here, I'm probably not going to be for everybody. Um, so let's dive into it. First of all, I want to share one thing before I dive into my takeaways from the week. Um, I've gotten a lot of messages from people and almost every person in my life has commented at how different I look, how different I look, how different I sound. I've had people, you guys, message me um, the difference in my voice on the podcast. Um, I've had a team member who cried when they heard you know, me talk and heard about my experience and just the changes. Obviously, my husband, my family, my friends, everybody's commented on that. And so I've also gotten people who are like, well, I need to go to Costa Rica. I need to go to this retreat. And I want to talk about that for a second before I dive in because there's a specific reason why I had such a large transformation that I think is a lot bigger than just going to a retreat in Costa Rica. And I think it's really easy to lose the deeper meaning behind things um, in this thought, which is like the magic bullet. I want I want the uh, ayahuasca retreat or the retreat in Costa Rica or microdosing mushrooms or whatever it is to solve my problems. And I think that the reason I had such a huge transformation is number one, I don't know why I went to this retreat, but I do know that some of the comments and things that Taylor, who I went to Taylor's retreat, represents, called to me. And somewhere deeper, I knew that I needed to get into a container of hers. And I followed that guidance kind of blindly. And I was actually talking to someone the other day about how I choose my mentors and how they've influenced my life. And for the most part, I have used a lot of intuition in choosing my mentors. And following that voice that's like, I know that this person has a lot of value to bring to my life. I don't know exactly what it is, but I'm going to trust it. 
And I didn't realize I was doing that, but that is what I did. And that's how I ended up at this retreat. And so it was something that was, I leaned into something that was calling me, that was bigger than me. And there's a lot of the things that I learned and the shifts that happened that felt like they were always within me, but I wasn't clear on them. And I had in many other cases lost them over the last 10 years. And so I think that one of the reasons it was so powerful for me is because it was aligned with my deep core values in who I am, and it allowed those to come back alive. And so the takeaway from that is if you're called in a certain direction and you feel passion and excitement and interest and intrigue, and you just feel called to it, follow that. And I think sometimes in the cases of using plant medicine or breathwork or whatever it is, you might hear someone say that they had a huge transformational experience with it, and then you might end up pursuing that thing only because you're trying to get it to solve a problem, not because you felt called to it. You felt in your core that it was right. So I think that's important. The other thing is I went to this retreat and I showed up 110%. There were things we did (laughs) that made me so uncomfortable that I couldn't imagine, even imagine doing two weeks ago. And I knew that was going to be the case. Like I just knew, I knew it. And like there was moments that Taylor had us do like a, you know, an activity or something. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like I'm going to go up to my room and not participate in this one. But I did all of them and I showed up 110% and I got out what I put in. And that was another big, big reason for the transformation. And then the final thing is the integration. Because it's really easy to go have an experience where you're completely removed, honestly, from reality and your everyday life and the chaos and the things that are happening and feel like you changed your life, which you did in that moment. But then you can come back to your regular life. And if you don't change your habits and how you show up every day and kind of protect the changes that you made and you fall back into what you used to do or how you used to act or... I used to show up, the changes aren't going to last. And so I'm going to talk about it a little bit. I'm not sure how much detail I'll have time to get into on this episode about the actual changes I've made, but I changed my entire routine, my schedule. Like I almost came home to a clean slate because I was so committed to making sure I stayed in the place I was leaving the retreat. And at the end of the week, Taylor asked us our intention. What's your intention leaving here? And I said two things. I said, my number one intention is to not forget how I feel right now sitting on this couch on the last day, the last night of the retreat, that when my life naturally throws me things that create chaos, that create overstimulation, that deregulate me and push me back to the person I was before, that I remember how I feel right now. And I connect back to that. My second intention is to surround myself in containers with resources, with material, podcasts that will continue to inspire me in this new place. Because if I keep it top of mind, I won't lose it. So those are the two things I took home with me to not lose all the progress that I made that week. So that's what I wanted to start with. Now the retreat. (laughs) I thought about like, do I explain what we did (laughs) or do I just talk about my takeaways? So it's a very challenging retreat to describe because there are no words. Taylor, I mean, hands down to this leader, is amazing, Um, absolutely incredible with what she put together, how it was put together, the flow of things, the leadership, the exercises we did, the workshops we did. So I'll share just a few components to it, but 
I'm actually not probably going to go into detail about the different things we did because it doesn't really matter. And I'm imagining myself two weeks ago, if I heard these things, I would have been like, literally, WTF. Like, what? Um, So the retreat was very focused on stepping into your feminine power. And I had a good friend of mine about six months ago who knew me very, very well, knows me very, very well. And he said to me, Emily, I don't want you to hire another male mentor. There's these women and I need you to get in their containers. And Taylor was one of them. And so that's how I ended up at the retreat. And so I knew that I needed to understand better and tap into that feminine energy. But I'm being honest with you guys, like just two weeks ago, right before the retreat, I would have laughed. I would have been like, like what? Like it didn't make any sense to me. It made no sense to me. This like whole idea of the feminine energy and stepping into your feminine power. Like even when I say it, I'm like, what am I even saying? Like this does, this is not how, who I was. But what happened was I really understand it now. And I had felt called to it. Like I knew I was out of balance and I knew I needed to learn more about this and I wanted to and I was feeling that pull to it, but I just had no idea and I was so uncomfortable by it. So a lot of the retreat centered around your feminine power. There was four days that we had a specific female archetype as a theme. And again, going into this, I was like, what the heck? Like we were supposed to dress up like wear an outfit that represented that female archetype. And I just had no way, like I, you guys, like I had, this was so outside of my comfort zone, like the medicine woman, the sensual goddess. I'm like, I don't even know what they would wear. Like, I don't even know what this is. Like I thought it was like make believe. Now I really get it. So each day had a theme. And the cool thing about the archetype is they represent different components of the feminine. So like the medicine woman represents your gifts that you're here to share with the world. So like on that day, we focused on what are your gifts? What do you love to do? How do you show up naturally? And are you fully showing up in your life able to share those gifts with the world? Then it was the sensual goddess, which was your feminine side, receiving, surrendering, stepping into that feminine power. Then we had the dark feminine, which was more so um, your power, like your power versus wisdom. That's how I interpreted the difference between the sensual goddess and the dark feminine. Um, And then we had the priestess, which was also receiving. So there was workshops and different things related to that. And it was just amazing teaching. And then we did a lot of other activities. We did uh, breath work. We did different um, like embodiment practices. So taking what we learned and then applying them. We did a lot of dancing, which was like one of the reasons I was the most afraid to go. Um, because prior to this, I would, I never danced unless I had alcohol in me. Like that's what it would take to get me to let go to dance in front of someone. But one of the exercises actually multiple times was to literally stand in front of all of the women. There was eight plus Taylor and dance. Yep. Two days. I did that. That was one of the things that I was like, I'm going to go up in my room and not do this, but I did it. Um, We also did a sacred rage session, which had no idea what that was before. Holy cow, is it powerful? Highly recommend like looking it up. There's definitely better teachers than me on what sacred rage is. It's something that I am bringing back to my kids, uh, back into my life. It was the most beautiful experience. I'll actually share that one. So um, this was probably my favorite part of the retreat. And it was on day three. And this was probably the day that I cracked open and the day that something big shifted in me. So we had to do an exercise where the first part of the workshop was we had to write down a list of everything that came to us in like maybe a 10-minute period that we felt shame guilt and anger for. So going to the things that you don't tell anyone, the skeletons in your closet. I wrote down things like I am feeling guilt that I didn't want to become a mom when I got pregnant at 19, that I'm angry that I was um, 
shunned from a group of friends when I was in middle school. Like the things that like I did not want to talk about. Wrote down the list and we had a partner and then we went up front. We sat down and we read the list out loud to our partner. And I hadn't cried yet at the retreat, uh, but I was bawling. Like I couldn't, my, before I read the list, my throat was so tight. Like it felt like I had the worst sore throat and I couldn't hardly get through the list. I was crying. It it was, it was the moment that cracked me open, but there was something so powerful about putting these things that we hold and putting words behind it. So that was the first part. And then the second part was you had a partner Um, and you basically sat in front of them and you watched each other, like you took turns and each of you had basically like a rage session. It sounds funny, but it's like so powerful. So you remembered how you felt when you just read that list. And then we had a pillow and Taylor would play like rage music basically. And you were bawling and, you know, slamming the pillow in the ground. Like your eyes were closed and you were just like letting it out. And the most powerful part about it for me so much, but was watching my partner was looking across at this woman who was just in it, was just expressing years, decades of shame, of guilt, of anger. And we would scream, like yell. I mean, it sounded so primal and just release anything. And Taylor created a space where it was very non-judgmental. And because this was day three, we were definitely all more comfortable. And I think because like one woman would be comfortable screaming than others would. And if you've ever done breath work, like your voice is a very, very powerful release. Um, and I really struggle to use it whenever I do breath work. So this was extremely powerful for me. But afterwards, I said this to my husband. I called my husband that night and I was like, I just did the most powerful thing I've ever done in my life. And I don't think I've ever, and I know I haven't, witnessed someone being angry from the core, angry and processing anger and made it okay. I was afraid of anger, right? When someone would get angry, I would try to fix it. How can I fix it? Oh my gosh, I'm uncomfortable. I'm scared. Like this doesn't feel right. But sitting there and watching someone and holding that space for them and making sure they felt safe expressing that anger to the maximum that they could and, and, and being like, it's okay. Like anger is okay. It is welcome. All is welcome was so powerful. And one of the women at the retreat shared how she was sitting to the side of me. And at one moment she looked, was looking at her partner who was going through her session and she looked past her partner to me. And I was looking at my partner who she couldn't see. And all she could see on my face was just tears streaming down my face as I just poured into this partner of mine and made her feel so safe expressing what she could. I have goosebumps talking about it. I mean, I hope I'm doing it justice, but afterwards you just felt so much lighter. You also felt this connection to the other women in the room of like, we're all just going through the same shit and wearing a mask to hide it. So that was probably my favorite thing we did. And from that moment, I really started to shift because it cracked me open. It made me say things I would never have said in front of people. Um, It it put me into a processing of things that I hadn't processed, that I hadn't even thought about and getting them out. And so I had a lot of different sessions where I used my voice and I yelled. Um, And I can't remember ever doing that, like even as a kid. But what's interesting is my daughter does that. She will scream. Uh, Like when she's mad, she'll just go straight to screaming. And I'm like, I wonder if I did that when I was like five years old, but it wasn't accepted. And so I shut it down, right? So 
Okay. <laughs> I'm going to try not to make this podcast episode like an hour. So I'm going to move into takeaways. One of the biggest things that I want to share is the two versions of me. And I loved who I was before this retreat. I've, a few people have said that. It's like, I hope you don't think you had to change. I'm like, no, I don't think I had to change. I just knew there was more out there for me and that there was an easier way. And so I feel genuinely that I said goodbye to an old version of myself and became a new version of myself that was always within me. And that's an important piece to this is it's not that I became somebody new. I evolved into somebody new, somebody who already was there. So one of the exercises that we had to do was write on the last day an obituary to our old self. And I think that sharing this with you guys, which it is a little bit vulnerable for me, but sharing this with you guys, I think we'll share and give context to the big changes that I experienced and what I said goodbye to and who I am now. So I'm actually going to read, and I may get emotional, we'll see. When I did read this in front of the group, I cried um, because I think this will resonate. So this was my obituary that I wrote. I'm reading it straight from my journal. This is who I was saying goodbye to. Emily had a suit of armor on at most times. She thought she had to wear this armor of perceived strength and nonstop resilience to be successful. Emily loved control. She felt massive resistance to anything out of her control. She pushed through any and every challenge put in front of her until one day she realized maybe everything doesn't have to be so hard. Emily's unmatched strength and ambition got her here, and there's so much gratitude and appreciation for this girl. Emily thought that the only way to create success and happiness uh, Emily thought this was the only way to create success and happiness until the universe conspired to show her a new way. Emily believed she was mean and she used to make decisions not within her true integrity, using these decisions as evidence that she was mean and a bad person until one day she looked deeper and saw who she really was, who she has been all along. Emily lived her life thinking she had to do it all alone, and so she did, and she fucking crushed it. <laughs> and not only did she do it, she crushed it is what I changed it to, but we'll, we will now be honoring this Emily and making way for the new Emily Hirsch. So essentially, shedding the version of me that felt like I had to face every challenge put in my path all by myself with extreme force, extreme grit, and resilience, and realizing everything doesn't have to be so hard. So I'm going to read the new version of Emily, which I actually shared on Instagram. So let me introduce you to this new version of Emily Hirsch. She has the utmost trust in her own inner wisdom. She's magnetic, powerful, and rooted in herself. She doesn't force or control outcomes. She surrenders and receives with ease. She fiercely loves herself and therefore radiates love for others. She is calm and grounded in the chaos because she knows everything is perfect and already exactly how it needs to be. She fiercely speaks her truth and is unwavering in her values and boundaries. She realizes there is no limit to the possibilities around her. She understands that the magic happens in surrendering to the unknown. Her life is filled with deep and meaningful relationships, and she shows up as her full, authentic self. She is unapologetic. She is unstoppable. She is ready with a fire like never before. So in summary, what I learned <laughs> was there is the feminine and there's the masculine. And the feminine represents ease, flow, creativity, surrender. The masculine represents force, control, power, but the feminine is also powerful, but discipline, routine, hustle, grit. We all have both within us. Before, I thought masculine meant men and feminine meant women. Okay, so that's what I thought two weeks ago. 
we all have both of these energies within us and we need both because they both serve a purpose. And I think this is where I finally got it because before I didn't resonate with like, just sit back and everything will happen for you and manifest it. And you don't have to do anything and everything is so easy that you don't have to work. Now, I didn't totally understand the meaning behind those things. And we'll talk about those later. But now I understand that the power within the feminine energy is wisdom and is things being easy because you are trusting that wisdom and you are following what you already know, and you also are open to receiving. And I was not open to receiving anything, any help, not much, even in my relationship with my husband. And so what happened was I was so far in my masculine, everything that I did from how I work out to how I have the most rigid structure in my day to how I push through with grit and hustling and I don't care if I'm tired, I'll still do it. And I had this force, this like clenched up energy. And within that, in relationships like the one with my husband, I was so in my masculine that I was controlling everything. It was like, I'll just do it. I can do it better. So I'll plan all the trips. I'll make all the decisions. I'll coordinate everything. I will tell you how we should do it. I will coach you, right? Now I'm in this place where I'm like, yeah, I could do those things, but I don't really want to. I'm going to receive the support. And I learned how the masculine, that's like their life purpose. They are literally programmed to serve and follow the feminine's lead. And so when you have somebody like me way out of balance, I was taking away my husband's masculine power because I was like, you can't do it. I can do it better. I'll just do it. And then he's losing his purpose of being able to provide and take care of and support, right? And as soon as I realized this, it was the craziest thing. So many things started happening, like between my husband, between random men that I would run into, they'd be like so anxious to help me. Like, so like, let me help you with that. Let me lift this suitcase. Let me do this. And before the retreat, I'd be like, no, I can do it. Like, I don't need your help. It's like, yes, I can do it, but I don't have to do it. And I receive. So that has been a huge energy shift for me. And there's a lot of power in the feminine energy because she represents creativity. She represents flow, ease. And it's like those people that, you know, I'm sure you've met them. I know I had who were so balanced in this that was like, how is everything so easy for them? Like they just almost like snap their fingers and it happens. Now, I want to say this. This is why I loved everything Taylor taught is because it's not saying that the masculine energy is useless for women. Especially if you're in business, you have to have masculine energy because you have to actually have some discipline and get things done and follow through with commitments and have some structure and routine. It's just about not having that be 100% of the time and learning how to trust your body again and your wisdom, especially as a woman, and allowing that to guide you and then following through on that guidance with your masculine energy. Now, if this interests you as I talk about it, I'm not like an expert in teaching this. I am sharing my perspective, my experience, and what I learned through my own words. So I will be doing a lot more researching and learning on this in the coming months. How this has changed for me is everything (laughs) because this was my identity. My identity was like, I hustle. I have grit. Like I am, I am acknowledged for my achievements. People only care about me because of my success. That's my contribution to the world. The only way to get things is to do it. Like if you want something, you got to make it happen. And there was none of the, 
I trust, I surrender, I receive. And it was all like, how can I control? How can I force? How can I make this happen? How can I push? And I'm so grateful for that version of me because she got me here. She got me to the seven-figure business. She got me to successfully navigating, becoming a mom at 20. She got me to building the house of my dreams. She helped me accomplish so much. And now, now I get to take a deep breath and it doesn't have to be as hard as it's been. I don't have to push as hard. I get to trust. I get to release. I get to receive. I understand that now. And so I'm really grateful for that version of me. And I'm really excited and grateful for the new version of me. Like it's to have both. Because I think that it would have been almost impossible to get beyond where I am today in the space that I was in. So this has shifted my entire identity because I was my identity was built around the masculine. Like that was my value to the world. So when you take that away and you say, you don't have to hustle, like you can just receive things. Doesn't mean that you don't work. Doesn't mean that you're lazy. I made a separate podcast on my definition of easy changing. But that's a whole new thing for me. And so therefore it's changing everything. So the act of surrendering is something I'm practicing every single day in the moments when I want to step in and take control, whether it's with a team member, whether it's with my husband and how he's parenting in that moment, whether it is at the store when someone's trying to help me and I'm like, no, I'll just do it. I'm pausing and I'm surrendering. I also, through this, um, really worked on and released the judgment that I carried the judgment for myself, and the judgment for others. I had a voice in my head all day that was constantly comparing what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is bad. Should I do this? Should I do that? Black, white. And I had started to actually, like funny enough, I did a podcast the week I was in Costa Rica and I recorded it the week before about the the power of the gray area, the power of and, the power of both. And that's the masculine and the feminine, right? It's not one or the other, it's both. So I was starting to explore this and get this concept coming to me of like, it's not, it's right or wrong, it's good or bad. And so I was constantly looking at what I was doing and what others were doing and making a judgment on whether it was good or whether it was bad. And now I'm really able to show up and just say, it is what it is. Like all is welcome. And that means the anger, the sadness, the frustration, the fear, the happy, the joy, all of it, all of it is welcome. And that's helped me tremendously in my parenting and how I also lead my team because I was the leader before going, this is the way we have to do it. This is the right way. And I was definitely open to collaboration and feedback, but in my mind, I still had like, this is the right way. And I wanted to control everything. So learning the feminine and the masculine and the two energies and having harmony between the two, learning to surrender, that's the new version of me. Like when when I read that obituary to the past version, she was the one who thought the only way to have success was to push, grind, make it happen, do not stop, control everything. I mean, that's like a lot of my brand, right? The new version of me believes, yeah, you have to have accountability and you have to show up and you still have to work hard. You still have to hold yourself accountable and have some structure and have routine. Like I'm not just sitting here in my office like it's going to all come to me. I don't believe that, right? You need polarity. You need both. But this new version of me, when something comes up, when an unexpected unexpected situation comes up or we're trying to figure out something in the business and it's feeling like we're like, we got to make this happen. We're going to do it. Like it's feeling that force. I'm no more of that. No more. I'm just trusting. I'm like, it's going to work out. I'm going to surrender. I can't control tomorrow. I can't control next week. I can't control next month. That is an illusion. I can control my actions right now, my energy right now, And that is it. 
And I trust, I 100% trust in something bigger than me. And sometimes I don't know how everything's going to fit in, but I do trust. And I also trust my own wisdom. That's, you know, something that I was able to really like tap back into is like, wow, you have all the answers. You know, it's not about taking back my power. It's just reigniting the flame of what was always there. So I'll finish this up with a couple of changes I've made um, since I've been home. Because again, my intention leaving the retreat was to remember how I was feeling in those moments. So my day prior to leaving was so structured. I mean, I'm known for this. My day was like extremely disciplined, extremely structured, bang out all the to-dos, grind it all day. And I mean, I've gotten better at this as the time has gone on and and really gotten a lot better at it. But what I did was I changed my entire routine. I changed my entire day, my week, the flow. I um, basically changed my morning routine so that I don't have any calls until 11 a.m. I actually don't even log on and check a message or anything until 11 a.m. And I have a morning routine that has meditation and journaling and I do my workout still. So those things stayed the same. But what I added was I added an hour of time from 10 to 11 that is whatever I want to do. And I don't know what it's going to be today for tomorrow. After my meditation, I ask myself, what do you need today? And whatever my body says, not my brain, my body. So this week it's been I want to laugh. I want to dance. I want to go outside and put my feet in the grass and watch the chickens and do nothing. I want to take a nap. You guys, I took a 30-minute nap the other day. I've never napped in my life. And then some days it's been, I want to brainstorm this new idea. Get out huge pieces of paper and put on some good music and dance and brainstorm. Whatever my body says I need. And then during that hour, there is no structure. It's whatever I decided I wanted to do after my meditation. Or there was one morning that my kids were like, you promised we could miss um, a day of school this session and we want it to be today. Normally, normally I would have been like, no, because we have plans. I have to-dos. Like our day is already structured. This has to be pre-planned. We can do it next week. I was like, okay, sure. Today can be the day. And instead of doing what I normally would have done, which is like go into my morning routine and have all these like to-dos and things that I want to get done, I was just like, I'm just going to play outside with them for 30 minutes right now. We're just going to ride bikes. We're going to do nothing. There's no agenda. And I decided it in the moment. And so for me, those are really big deals because I would have been so focused on the structure in the past. So I've used the masculine to take structure to add in non-structural components of my day. So that's in the morning. And then in the afternoon, I um, stopped. I don't take calls past two. So from 11 to two, I take calls only three days a week. And then I have two full open days and then the afternoons are open. And so I have a period of time now that is just for catching up. I never had that before. And so things like messages would get really backlogged because my day was so jam-packed and I didn't work in that white space. So I have an hour of time that's just for like communication catch up whatever you need to do. And then I have a solid hour of transition time before I take over with my kids. And my number one struggle for the last 10 years has been transitioning from work to being present with my family. Like I really, really struggle with it. I can do it on the weekends when I don't get into work. But I can't, I can't do it on the weekdays. My brain is somewhere else. Like I can be physically present, but I'm not mentally present. And I felt a lot of guilt and frustration around that because I couldn't figure out how to fix it. What I realized was I was not transitioning from the masculine to the feminine. So I spent all this time in the masculine, emails, work, leading the team, making decisions, go, go, go. And then I would maybe allow myself 10 minutes, but not much time to try to transition out. So now I have this hour where it doesn't look the same every day, but some of the things that I have done the same every single day are one, I write down what I'm doing the next day, that day. 
And that has helped me a lot with feeling like I completed my day and I didn't just leave things hanging. So my day for the next day is actually already planned what I need to get done before I end the day. So then I don't have to think about that anymore because that's a very masculine side. Um, And then I have at least 30 minutes of time in that hour where I'll do whatever. And they're all like feminine-led activities. So dance, take a nap. That's when I took my 30-minute nap. Um, Go for a walk. Go outside. There's like a whole list. And it's like you can choose from any of these, whichever one you want today. And so out of the hour, I do that for 30 minutes. And then I spend 30 minutes kind of just like wrapping up, writing my to-dos, finishing my thoughts, completing that space. And then what I've started to do is take a cold plunge right before I transition over, which is like a state change. And then I change my clothes because it's like, okay, you're done working. And for what, for whatever reason, like this is working because every single day this week, I have left my phone in my office from like 4 or 4.30 PM all the way until 7 o'clock and been fully present, you know, so present with my kids, like able to sit with them in the meltdowns or the fighting having great conversations with my husband, whatever, like just being fully present. And before, I've never done that. I've never been able to go three hours after work because I would start being like, oh, I just remembered something. Oh, let me think about this. Oh, I'm a little bit stressed about this. And if those things start to come up, I'll write down. If like a random idea comes up, I will write it down. I bring out a piece of paper. Um, But if something comes up where I start to feel like stress or anxiety, like about a situation or oh, we didn't you know, hit this goal or my brain starts going into that mode of like, you are not going to be able to have this that like that we all do. I just surrender. I'm like, trust. I trust. Don't need to go there. So that's been a huge, huge game changer. Um, yeah. So creating space for no structure. I've had a, a different transition routine so I can go from the masculine to the feminine space. Um, And I've really just tried to add more like spontaneity in my day, you know, whether that means randomly connecting with my husband at two o'clock in the afternoon because he asked me to. And prior, I'd be like, no, I have a huge to-do list. I can't. Or it means, you know, just at whim kind of pivoting my morning to hang out with my kids. So all of those things. um, And the other day, I came home. And I planned out this whole routine, which was a very masculine of me to plan the whole routine out, which is good that I have that because this is how you integrate and execute. But I planned it out on the flight home. And then the next day after I got home, I had kind of like a hybrid rest day because I got home at like midnight. Then the next day, I followed the routine. And at the end of the day, I looked at my husband and I said, babe, I just lived my perfect day today. Like if you pulled up Oh, I have goosebumps. If you pulled up what I wrote two months ago, because every quarter I do this exercise where you write out the perfect ordinary day. I think I've shared it on here before. It's like your perfect ordinary day in detail, exactly how it would play out, exactly what you would do, like what you're doing, like as much detail as possible. And it has to be an ordinary day because it's like the perfect you know day for you. Um, And I do this exercise once a quarter and I'm not kidding you, you guys. I lived that perfect day almost to a T. It flowed. It was easy. I was able to work and show up in my company and create content. And then I was able to be fully present with my kids. I did my workout, but I also meditated. I got to read. I got to journal. It was my perfect day. And I've gone this whole week basically in this routine that has flexibility and lack of structure, but also allows me to – there's a lot of safeguards, I guess, that keep me in the place I want to be. And I feel like I am literally vibrating at a different level energetically, and I will never go back. Because I just, I'm like protecting the things like my meditation and my hour of free time and unplugging from my phone. I don't look at my phone till 10 a.m. I deleted Slack from my phone. Like I am so unplugged. I came back and I told my team, look, if you have an emergency, send me a text message. If it's something we can talk about in a check-in, we're talking about it in a check-in. No more of this leaky communication 
where it's keeping us like, oh, we got to catch up. We got to check messages. We got to be on. Everybody needs us. Like no more. And what this is going to do for my company and my life is only just the beginning. But I don't even care about the revenue this is going to create. And I know it's going to create so much more because the possibilities are endless. Even more than that, what I care about the most is the peace I feel, the happiness, the joy, the presence, like the level of presence, no matter where I am right now, that I feel is just unreal. So I have a lot of safeguards in my life that are keeping me in this place so that I don't lose it. And I'll never go back because once you've unlocked, like as Taylor says, a new timeline, a new world, it's where you are. And people either come with you or they don't. So thank you guys for listening if you made it this far. I appreciate you guys so much. Um, There will be some shifts and changes. Nothing bad like Hirsch Marketing and our offers are going to stay the same. Um, This podcast will pretty much stay the same, but the upcoming YouTube channel I'm launching is going to have a different spin to the content outside of marketing. And there will probably be a new offer coming in December that is not related to marketing specifically because on the day of the medicine woman, when I really explored my gifts and my passions um, and how I want to show up, I realized how much bigger I want to play. And I wrote down when I came home on a big piece of paper, my vision for my impact. And I wrote down, I will have generational impact on people best-selling books, speaking. I don't know exactly what it looks like and I don't need to know because I fully surrender to the path and trust. But I know that this is just the beginning of something so much bigger. And now I get to show up as a leader and a mom and a wife and I get to lead the way. And I mean, my entire family has changed as a result of of how I've shown up. Oh, that makes me emotional Um, because it's been the most beautiful thing for my kids to see and witness. And um, I, I know, and I truly believe like I have released and processed and surrendered to generational trauma that stops with me. And I get to change it for my daughter and for my kids. Before I wrap up, I just want to put out an acknowledgement and deep, deep gratitude for Taylor and the other women. There were seven other women at the retreat. Number one, Taylor, Taylor Simpson. If you guys care to go look her up, I highly recommend it. She has a podcast and is very active on Instagram. And the other women there, because to be honest with you, I went into the retreat with one of the things I was the most nervous about was being vulnerable with other women because I had really bad experiences starting around like sixth grade as a kid that really hurt my relationships with other women and my trust and the ability to drop the veils, drop the mask, drop the armor, drop the judgment um, and the fear of being judged. And just the fact that all of us came from a place of non-judgmental, all is welcome, dropping all of that, the mask, the veils, the armor, all the things that we feel like we have to carry was one of the most healing things. And it was kind of like a byproduct of the week because we were all doing our own individual work. But while that was happening, we were witnessing each other and supporting each other and seeing each other. And Taylor kicked the retreat off, giving us some guidelines, loose guidelines around not coaching each other in situations and just holding the space, being accepting, all is welcome, every emotion, every expression. And she really held that container throughout the whole retreat. So huge props to her for that. But that was just so healing. And all of us showed up and we fully showed up. We gave it everything we had. We participated in everything. We 
just dropped it. We dropped the veil. We, we dropped the fear of judgment so that we could fully show up. And that was all individual work that we were doing that supported the collective. And so I know some of those women will listen to this podcast. They feel like sisters now after everything we went through that week. And I'm just so grateful because that was, like I said, an additional byproduct of the healing. And so massive shout out to those women and massive shout out to Taylor, who I have a lot of respect and admiration for a leader who doesn't just teach their work and you know, tell people what they should do on social media, which happens a lot in, in a lot of industries, but truly embodies it. And when you see them, you realize that there is another possibility, another way that you didn't realize before, and they are living it so that others can live it. And that was my experience with Taylor, who I'm very excited that our journey has only started in, in a friendship and relationship. But I just want to acknowledge all of those women for the work they did to create the impact we were able to as a collective. Oh, I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I would love to hear your takeaways from the episode if you have any. I would love if you share this with anyone. If you want to share anything with me or you want to ask me any questions, I am here to talk about it. My energy is um, very protected. And so when you send me a message, I am showing up fully there and present. Um, and I'm excited. So talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening to the Not For Lazy Marketers podcast. If you love this episode and want deeper support with your marketing, head over to helpmystrategy.com to see how Hirsch Marketing can help take your marketing to the next level no matter where you're at today. We help our clients scale faster than ever, find hidden leaks in their funnel, experiment with new creative marketing strategies, and help their business explode and be more profitable than they ever dreamed possible. Head over to helpmystrategy.com and see if you qualify for a free strategy audit with Team Hirsch.